With the first pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson from Duke University. All right, and just like that, Jesse's gone again. So that's back on schedule, Tyler. Um, but we're going to start this episode out with a huge shout out. We kind of forgot to give this shout out in the last episode to um, someone who's shown us a lot of love on Reddit. And we seem to be getting a, a, quite a few people recommending our podcast. So respect to that. But this guy consistently shouts us out. So the user Causeway Too Long on Reddit, uh, serious respect, man. And if I can get your Twitter handle, if you want any other shout out, we'll be proud to talk about that. But in this episode, Tyler, we're going to um mention a player on this roster that calls way too long wants us to deep dive into which we will in a second but we're just going to focus on the overall summer league roster and what we expect out of the summer league and the overall um i guess the overall sentiment that we're getting from this summer league roster and what we expect so Anything in particular that you are looking for, just in a general concept that you want to shout out before we actually start deep diving into the roster? Uh, no, not really. I think you did a good job of uh, calling out, you know, who we wanted to shout out, and um, just thanks for keeping us in mind and listening to us. We don't do this for money or anything like that. Um, just doing it because we enjoy talking Pelicans basketball. Unlike a lot of folks nowadays, <laughs> yeah, man. Some people, some people, it's like, it's like they they they're going through torture talking about the Pelicans. They get so mad and upset. I guess passionate might be a euphemism for for that. But um, no, man. We just thoroughly enjoy talking about it. We, I don't say, I don't want to say we don't care that if we get listeners or not because we kind of do selfishly. But honestly, it just feels like a. It feels like a scratch that needs to be it's it's an itch, I should say, that needs to be scratched. And this podcast is our way of scratching the shit out of it. So this is why we do it. Um, we don't really care about the other stuff. Now, with that in mind, Tyler, the Pelicans did announce a few days ago their official summer league roster. Um and the let's start with the stars of the show because I really believe this is going to be the the big three, if you will, and what we expect from them. So first, it's got to be Dyson Daniels, listed as a guard, by the way, Tyler. Um, Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, and EJ Liddell. So those seem to be like the big three that everybody's going to be paying attention to. Those are the big three that I think everybody knows the most about, and probably the three that we're expecting the most out of if we're um, looking at what they can potentially add to the actual team this year. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, the real interesting question is, is Dyson going to be the primary ball handler coming up the court or no? Or are we going to let Sebron take over um, and basically eat, any you know how, how serious is Dyson Daniels minutes I guess would be a more accurate question in the summer leagues then is he coming in um to get a little more exposure and they just want to get him a little more work because you know how the Pelicans really play it real safe to the chest with their young value prospects in summer league like if they see enough they're not going to play them um or are they going to let Dyson let loose like that that's my Big, big, big question coming in is mm -hmm. how much Dyson are we going to see and to what extent? Um, and is he given the keys or, is, or are they just trying to keep him in a similar role that he was with the team? Because I would like to see him personally, from my point of view, give Dyson the keys, let him bring the ball up the court, let him take on full court pressure, let him... Uh, get shots up, let him dive to the rim, let him take the ball off the dribble, you know, let him set up the offense. Uh, and, I, I, you know, if guys like Sebron and stuff need their touches, they're going to get their touches. But um, 
let's see Dyson try to expand upon his role from what we've seen last year. Yeah, I agree. I think um I think he's the big draw of this summer league team in terms of who can make the biggest impact this year for our team. Um because he did have some heavy minutes throughout the season last year. So you hope that he builds upon that. You hope that he's healthy. You hope that these new ankle braces that I've been seeing him wear uh, work their magic. But Dyson has all the potential in the world, man. You're talking about a, a six eight lengthy guy, huge wingspan, plays defense, lights out. We've seen him initiate offense at times last year. We've seen him get streaky from the three-point line, not consistent. We've also seen him get to the rim pretty easily last year. Finishing was a huge issue. So maybe maybe if we see a, uh, a lot of those positive things in this summer league and just polish up those things that we saw him struggle with last year. So the turnovers, the inconsistent shooting, and the inability to finish at the rim consistently as well. So I want to see those things. And when you see players that are going to be really good NBA players, honestly, they kind of closely dominate the summer league, right, Tyler? Like if you see players who are uh, role players in the NBA or players that have carved out solid minutes or potential NBA starters, they kind of, they get to the summer league and they, they show out. So I think if Dyson Daniels wants or wants the fans to have a good indication that he's ready for some heavy minutes. I think he's got to stand out above the competition in this summer league. Like we've seen uh, Trey Murphy do, you know, like we've seen Herb Jones do, like we've seen Najee Marshall do. Uh, I know, (laughs) I know you, you kind of flinch every time we say Najee Marshall, but you know, those guys have earned minutes on this team. Those guys have earned a roster spot and, Dyson Daniels, even though he was a high draft pick, uh, I don't think he's earned that roster spot yet, but I think he can if he shows consistency, if he shows uh, decision-making, he shows ability to finish at the rim. If he shows those things, and he shows those things extremely well in the summer league, uh, I think you can bet on him getting significant minutes this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's a safe bet that Dyson has already cemented some sort of role I agree. in the roster coming into the season. It's just the interesting thing was the way he was drafted and where we thought he would kind of come in and play and help. It's not entirely what he did. Um, I think the Pelicans, I think Willie did try at point to put the ball in his hands and have him come up the court and be the main ball handler because we almost didn't have a choice when we were that low on the roster. But at that point, um, he wasn't able to handle it. Um, And I think he was overstated as being bad or terrible and I, I think that was a high high overstatement considering how quickly he adapted on the defensive end um and how uh and how impactful he was in that regard i think offensively he struggled finishing at the rim sometimes which hey, i say it time and time and time again that is any rookie in the nba and guess what jordan hawkins will probably be no different coming in struggling at the rim in the nba it is it is a huge learning curve to know how to do it. And only the top talents coming out of the draft can do it day one. Um, so it, that again, that's kind of why I want to just see the ball in his hands and see what he does and see his on-court chemistry with Jordan Hawkins potentially. Cause if, you know, Dyson would be coming off the bench, potentially he might already build some chemistry with Jordan, with EJ. Um, if these guys uh, do carve out roles themselves, so it'll be interesting to see that on-court chemistry as well. But yeah, not to keep hammering in the point, I would just like to see Dyson uh, take more of a point guard role because I believe a uh, a creator is needed on this team uh, from a passing and penetration standpoint. I believe Dyson does have the tools to do that. Uh, and I, I would like to see him to expand beyond 3 and D role he played last season you know without much of a three but um let's let's get the ball more in his hands yeah i think dyson has a lot of potential man i think he has the potential to be a starter in this league honestly and i said that about herb jones um and that that became a true thing he's six eight now john <laughs> well because you just you see you see similar things right you yep. see you see the length you see the defensive presence um you see the hustling you see the athleticism 
and you're like, damn, this dude's got a spot in this league. He just got to put it together. Um, he's not as polished as Herb was coming out. I mean, in in like you said before we started recording, he's the youngest player on this team by a year, the summer league team. So, yeah, he's not as polished as Herb, but he has all those tools to really carve out a spot, uh, especially uh, a Willie-led team. So I'm still pretty high on Dyson Daniels. I'm not too sure how. I know Jesse wasn't nearly as high as – um. As we are on Dyson Daniels, even though he was high before the draft, after a season, he wasn't as high on him. But I still, I still think Dyson has all the potential to world, man. And I think with the right opportunity and the right growth, uh, he he could really uh, potentially replace CJ McCollum in the starting lineup if CJ doesn't resign at the end of his contract. So, uh, so yeah. I I think this is a lot of potential there. Yeah, and I, I think expectation wise, that's where we got to. I guess as a fan base kind of figure out what are you expecting out of Dyson Daniels? And I get he, he's a high lottery pick and you want all your guys to be MVP mega mm-hmm. superstar all-stars, but um, you know, he might not be that. And that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good player. And that doesn't mean he's not going to stay with the team or he might end up being something more than we can anticipate right now. And you have to have that room uh, of acceptance for a guy that you draft that um, that high and that is still showing growth. I mean, he's showing actual physical growth. You know, like I said, he, he's grown two inches taller since he was last reported in the summer league. Um, he's 20 years old. Uh, this is a guy we got to have a little bit of patience with as a franchise if we want to be uh, a hopefully a developmental franchise that we talked about as far as being a sustained winner with our prospects you can't say Dyson Daniel sucks after year one and give up on him and ship him off you have no idea what he's going to be three years from now right so and I I really think me and you both are high on him and think he has that explosive growth still there we don't we just it's hard to see what the ceiling is yet until we see what exactly his role is going to be but um yeah, excited for him for sure. I'd put him. Uh, I don't know if I'd put either him at the top or Jordan. Yeah, it's a tough call because I was going to transition to Jordan and say I'm really expecting a lot of this guy, especially out of the reports, all the reports that we've been seeing. Not only today, man. So we're recording this. Um, what it's two forty-five on Wednesday, July fifth, and the Pelicans are releasing videos. Uh, credentialed members of the media. I mean, I guess technically that's their title. Uh, but people that are there that are recording videos and posting it, people who are just tweeting out what they see from these practices or what they have seen from the practices. Jordan Hawkins is killing it, man. Um, he's shooting the ball lights out. He's putting the ball on the floor. He's finishing at the rim. He looks explosive. He looks like he's a scoring fucking machine, according to these reports. And I can only get so stiff, Tyler, because the more shooters and the more scores I think we have on this team, the better, Uh, especially when we've seen at times last year, holy shit, our offense looked like crap last year for long stretches and obviously a lot of that's due to availability so the more guys you got that can put the fucking ball in the hoop uh as effortlessly as it looks like jordan hawkins has been doing the better so i think jordan hawkins is gonna have a huge huge green light this summer league and i can't wait to see it uh, yeah, so I, I think the first thing that's interesting is you've seen a lot of talk about James Borrego coming in as an assistant head coach um, and his offense essentially looking for a lot of movement and a lot of threes. Um, I think he his offenses usually uh, in Charlotte usually landed in the top 10 um, in three-pointers attempted, which is very relevant to us considering we were 29th. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any part of his, I, and probably not, but it would be very interesting to see considering what type of shooter Jordan Hawkins is and how much he can move, uh, off the ball and, uh, his explosiveness as an athlete 
the same way, you know, Trey is maybe, maybe a mini version of that athletic explosiveness, but it'll be interesting to see if they are, have any new basically sets or plays in mind or because one thing I saw when we were watching Jordan Hawkins film is I was watching the way UConn ran the offense for him. And I was like, the Mm. Pelicans just don't do this. Nope. They they do not. They don't at all. You're right. They do not have guys. And now granted, you know, people, if you ask the Pelican front office, I bet they would say, Oh, we don't have a guy that can do that. Mm -hmm. Last guy we had that could do that was JJ Redick. And granted, when JJ was there, they were running some pretty unique stuff. You know, it's true. It's famously true. Zion inverse pick and roll with JJ, and you know, yeah, JJ had a lot of good chemistry with uh, pick and roll bigs like uh, Jackson. I mean, I said pick and roll lightly, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he had a rim runner big, so uh, Jackson, dude, Jackson was all roll, dude. Let's not get it twisted. He was zero pick in all yeah, role. <laughs> he was he basically if you were pressing that L one button on two K, you that's when you do that quick tap. Yeah. Screen. Yeah, it was a fake screen. He was the best fake screen I've ever seen, actually, now I'm thinking about it. Oh my gosh. Let's not even because <laughs> he didn't that. know how to screen. We can maybe address that later. But, okay, okay. Uh, long we story might, short, yeah. me and you don't care, he's gone. Yeah, I yeah. Know that. No, I don't um, care. Anyway, uh yeah, no, with Jordan Hawkins. So I, I want to see if they, they implement any type of the offense that he had at UConn. And honestly, it's not it's not a college-level set in place. I mean, there's probably some stuff that, that's not going to translate. But uh, it, it's very, very similar to what we ran with J.J. Redick in the past, which you run with Clay at Golden State. Um, basically, uh, just a lot of these curls coming around the screen. Uh, running all around the court, like nonstop running and just keep pulling the defender. And what's great about Jordan is he doesn't always need to do that. Um, He can just find a quick gap in the space if he's got a guy that's looking for him. And his release is so quick and so smooth, he takes the shot right Mm -hmm. away anyway. So it'll be interesting to see how they run the offense because I would like to see, like I said, Dyson Daniels take the trigger, but I would like to see them implement – in some sets and actions for Hawkins specifically, because that is what I want to see. I'm not worried about what Jordan Hawkins shoots percentage wise in the summer league. And I advise people not to do the same, mm-hmm. but I'm very excited to see, is he able to get a shot off at the same clip that he did at UConn? Are we showing any type of new offensive move? I mean, it's summer league, so it's going to be ugly. It's going to be sloppy. It's not going to work right. The guys just started playing together. So you're not going to see this crisp movement, ball passing left, right, and forward. It's not going to happen. But um, it'll be just interesting to see how much emphasis is put on these two guys as the engines of the offense, as in a potential future under, you know, Willie and James Borrego, and you're hoping that translates uh, into the upcoming season that the offense does look different, a little more powerful, a little more fluid. Um, and we kind of get out of, you know, um, just settling for mid-range jumpers nonstop. So it'll be interesting to see also if Jordan has the ball in his hands more as well. Um, yeah, you know, they, that's you know, another interesting thing. You're right. If they give Dyson more of the role he had previously where he's not going to have the ball in his hands more, he's going to be playing more of that wing-style, guard, big guard-style role. Um, what can Hawkins do with the ball in his hand? So it'd uh, be very interesting to see those two. And again, how long does Hawkins play? If he's, if he's going lights out, do they just go like, okay, you know, we, we don't have many shooters, so we're going to sit him two right. games in. Uh, I hope not just so I can watch him, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm just digging through the summer league roster right now and trying to see, you know, if, is anybody going to, stick out and you know outside the big three that we named you know i'm going back and forth between dyson daniels and jordan hawkins as being the guys that is going to show me the most but super excited for jordan hawkins i'm uh i don't know Tyler, man i don't want to hype him up too much because last time i did that we got into kill alexander walker situation so yeah because the, the the thing is with summer league right and i'll put it this way people tell you every summer it's so aggravating at this point mm. you say it every summer we get it like first off people can be excited about their team in the summer league can we get right. over that like no i agree i you can get excited you can get hyped up but at the same time it's okay if you're a little 
you know? Yeah, you can you be know? cautiously optimistic and mm-hmm. go, okay, this guy's not. If somebody's going like, oh, you know, Jordan Hawkins is now Ray Allen. Like, I get right, that right, 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 right. But you can be like, uh, I really liked what Jordan Hawkins did, and I hope he, but, you know, as soon as somebody says anything positive about a player for their performance in the summer league, they're like, oh, <laughs> uh, summer league doesn't matter it doesn't count and all that stuff um well i could tell you the best players in the league when they got to summer league they dominated so right and that's what i'm saying dominate in summer league you can still dominate in the nba it's not like the correlation is there it's not one-to-one but if you dominate in summer league you can dominate in the league and more likely or not if you don't dominate then you're most likely not going to dominate in the actual season. So the thing to really watch for is does this guy look better than everyone else on the floor? Like right away. And if they do, then it's probably telling you they belong in the NBA because all the guys they're playing against for the most part are fringe guys who are trying to break into that NBA bubble. Mm -hmm. So if they're far and away better than these guys then they belong in the NBA, I agree. I mean, you know, if, if you look at almost every summer league, man, those guys that are good in the NBA early on in their career stick out in the summer league. Like if you look at last year, Keegan Murray dominated the summer league. Absolutely amazing. He had an amazing rookie season and he he looks to be building upon that. It looks like a legitimate NBA player um, that's going to help a team win games. Uh, also last Herb year, Jones. Herb, Herb Jones was, Herb Jones was league his first year. amazing in the summer league. Trey Murphy almost damn near dominated the summer league in terms of his flamethrower ability. And I mean, I'm looking at last year too, and I remember this, um, Bancaro, I think he only played two, maybe three games last year, but look, they, they saw, enough, you know, they saw enough out of those two or three games to say, okay, this dude's legit. Yep. Now on the flip side of that, you do see guys struggle. And it does show you legitimate concerns for their skill sets as a rookie in the NBA. And last year, I believe we saw that out of Dyson Daniels. Um, I believe, you know, if you want to go back a little bit further, you saw that out of Austin Rivers back in the AD era. Um, And we... Buddy Heald was not the flamethrower we yeah. thought if we're looking at a similar style yes to Jordan yes Hawkins. that's a really good comparison man so like buddy healed although he's tearing it up in the nba uh in terms of the amount of threes he's making you saw in the summer league he struggled heavily and what happened with his rookie year with the pelicans he struggled heavily got traded to the kings ended up lighting up a lot more but the, it does it's just not the, it's to say that the summer league can be a good indication of where this player is at right now. Okay. So it's not a great indication of a projection of where they'll be five years from now, but it will show you where they're at right now and their skill set. How can it translate to being effective in the NBA uh, right now? So, uh, you know, go ahead. ahead. I I was going to say, I was going to say Cam Thomas was another one last year who showed he can light the, he can, can't play a goddamn lick of defense, but he can score the ball. And he showed that in summer league last year. Uh, I remember that specifically because LSU guy. So we saw a lot of it down here. Um, but yeah. Damn, was uh, that last year? Yeah, it was rookie. so long ago. I know it does, right? But last year he he lit it up and uh, um, he lit it up. So he, he um, you know, he definitely showed things that translated well uh, to the – uh, NBA. So yeah, we can definitely look at the summer league. We can get excited about it and we can, uh, we can definitely figure out some things from, uh, what we see in a summer league. Yeah. Um, and maybe and Cam, w- Tom- w- Cam Thomas was I- two years ago, by the way, my bad, my fault. My yeah. Fault. Uh, okay. My fault. Uh, my fault. My fault. You're making me feel crazy. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's my fault. I wasn't questioning it, but one thing I will say where you kind of don't want to overreact is hot shooting. Um, from uh, guys on the team that could potentially uh, break into the roster. I mean, you do see these guys potentially get a chance uh, due to their shooting when it is a great need. But a lot of times in summer league, a guy will get hot for one or two games and people will be like, oh, we got to get this guy. Don't let the shooting percentage get to you. If a guy's taking a lot of open threes in the corner and he's making them, It's not really showing too much other than that. Okay, yeah, he can shoot, but what else can he do? So um, that's not to say don't 
take it in, but a lot of times when we get caught into that summer league trap, we go off of a guy where uh, a game where a guy exploded for 20 points or something like that, won us the game or something because you, you get really into it and you're like, this dude could shoot. Like he could do this, he can do that. But really, it's just the, the shooting kind of got you into the fact of thinking he's a good guy. And sometimes the ball is going to go in. All these guys are really good. You don't get to this point unless you know how to score the basketball. So, um, that that's one thing to keep an eye on. What I mean, as far as the bigs, I mean, I am really excited to see what EJ Liddell and uh, Carlo can do as well. Yeah, I I agree, man. So Causeway Too Long wanted us to uh, really do a deep dive on Carlo Makovic, man. And I did do a lot of research on him. I knew very little about him, if I'm being honest, Tyler. I don't know how much you knew about him. Not much uh, before no, this, but uh, you know. I, I, yeah, you know, in, in going into his YouTube highlights and going into his statistics, you know, that's just what is available to us. I got to watch a little bit of his games on YouTube. It's pretty obvious this guy's just like a pick and roll big, set a hard screen, dive to the rim as hard as possible, find that open space out of the pick and roll, or create space for shooters at the top of the key with your pick and rolls. Um Kind of similar. To, I hate to I hate to make this comparison because I think Carlo Makovic's a little bit more athletic than this guy. But Cody's it's kind of similar to the role that you see Cody Zeller you do last year with the Heat in the playoffs. Just set those screens at the top of the key, uh, set another double screen off ball, um, try to get these guys open, and then just if it's a pick and roll situation, just dive to the rim as hard as you possibly can. Um, so I didn't I didn't see too much out of Carlo Makovic that screams to me he's gonna get heavy minutes in the NBA anytime soon. Um, you know that's just my honest opinion, and and I'm kind of basing that off of the fact that he doesn't really get that a lot of minutes uh, in the Euro League where he plays that. You know he averages 15 points a game. He only takes four or five shots a game. So. I think he's an international prospect that we should pay attention to uh, potentially as early as this year because he um, will fill a need that we have. So we are very thin, I think, in the front court. And I say that because of injuries mostly in this past year. We saw how tough it was uh, to, rely on a, um, to rely on Larry Nance and and Zion to make a lot of games, so he can fill a need. Uh, I just don't see much that makes him stick out. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe he's just solid around the board. Um, not the best rebounder, but does fight for offensive rebounds. Uh, has a lot of a lot of assist because of his screens. You know that won't go in a stat book. So a great a great screen setter, hard offensive rebounder. Um, amazing uh, rim runner in terms of out of the pick and roll, but I just don't see too much out of him that screams this guy's going to get minutes unless there's like a significant type of injury. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's a good point. Um, I think what I'll say from watching him is the athleticism's there where that's why you take a second round flyer on him. He has the NBA athleticism for sure in the same way that, you know, it's pretty apparent Jackson Hayes, who didn't know a lick of basketball, pretty much uh, was drafted. Uh, and uh, he's, you know, he's been a pro for four years. You know how the Pelicans like people with experience. Um, they want to see what he's capable of. I mean, really, this is his audition period. So mm -hmm. if we're going to see an impact and we're going to see him potentially be on the team, this is where he is going to have to show it. If he doesn't show up here, don't expect him to be on the roster as far as, as a uh, guy who actually has a spot, maybe a two-way designation, but um, this is... I, I really think the Pelicans are going to look at EJ and Carlo both with a really heavy, heavy, heavy uh, magnifying glass to see is this a guy we could potentially rely on um, because, as you said, the bigs are thin, but not only that, we need insurance for Zion and Larry. Um, and both these guys can potentially be that. Uh, Carlo more at the five, EJ more at the four. But uh, one, I think they're almost going to be competing against each other for that final potential spot of basically being what 
Billy Hernan Gomez was where, you know, probably going to have 40 DMPs coaches decisions, you know, but right. uh, they'll have some time on the roster potentially uh, coming up if no real moves are made. And maybe the Pelicans want to wait until the trade deadline to potentially make a move and they want to run in with one of these guys. So I think for both of them, it's going to be a huge audition period. I know for EJ Liddell specifically, specifically a guy who thought he was going to be on a guaranteed you know uh first round rookie deal got drafted in the second had to become a two-way player he's hurt acl injury uh he's got a lot to prove for himself so uh gonna have to come out here and see i know carlo's been very active with his engagement on the team from what we've heard Mm -hmm. so it'll be it'll be very interesting let's let's see what they both can do here but again if we're going to expect things from them today uh, on this Pelicans roster, they, they need to show out today. On yeah. The summer league. Them not showing out is not a good sign for them. Them showing out is a good sign. Doesn't mean they're going to make it, but it's, it's good that they are. So uh, for him, I don't think you'll see too much offensive game. And to be honest, that's not what the Pelicans need. And that's not what they're looking for. So don't expect an ex- offensive explosion. What's he doing on the defensive end? Um, how's he crashing the boards? Uh, you know, is he making an impact, uh, on both sides of the floor, um, besides scoring? And that's what they'll be looking for out of that big, because they do not need another Willie Heron Gomez. Cause Willie could put the ball in the bucket, but yeah. you don't need that out your fourth big. You won't need it. You're right. Um, <clears throat> uh, and even as much as our offense stalled last year, man, it's amazing how Billy Hernan Gomez was unplayable because of his defense. You know, that's 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 saying something about the big. And out of Carlo McAvich, I mean, Carlo McAvich, obviously the size that you want out of a big, uh, especially somebody that's potentially backing up Jonas and maybe getting heavier minutes if there are some injuries. Let's hope there aren't. Uh, on the opposite end of that, EJ Liddell probably doesn't have the size that you want out of your front court. Listed at six foot six. 6'11 wingspan, but for some reason, watching EJ Liddell play and seeing his skill set in college, I'm a little bit higher on him getting minutes this year than I was expecting. And I feel like he's going to take one of those roster spots, Tyler. Uh, just seeing him, his ability to, he can handle the ball, he can initiate offense if he needs to. Um, he works well out of the post, he passes the ball well. He surprisingly a lot better of a jump shot maker than I was expecting. Um, I just, you know, was pretty impressed with what I saw his last year at Ohio State. Uh, even defensively, right, was able to switch uh, because of his um, because of his length and his defensive intelligence. I guess just to say, he was able to switch against guards and switch against wings. So I'm uh, I'm pretty high on EJ Liddell making this team, um, and f- filling in those minutes where maybe we have uh, maybe we have some foul trouble, or maybe we have some rest days, or maybe we have those injuries that we're used to. EJ Liddell feels like a good guy to have on this roster that can fill in uh, for a lot of different roles. Yeah, I think hopefully you're looking at him to be. Zion's backup. Like a Zion backup, right. Yeah, yeah I agree. Because, I mean, same size, uh, similar builds. Um, you know, uh, he's got that same level of stock. And you, you can really play them, but you play them totally different. Um, and depending on, you know, how well they can play. Because, I mean, EJ's shown he, he's good on the boards. He knows how to box mm-hmm. out. He can do all the things needed from a big. Almost like, it's like, uh, you, you know, he reminds me of a little bit. It's Who? like, if like PJ Tucker and Paul Millsap had a kid. Yeah. I was about to say, he reminds me a lot of Paul Millsap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the post game, but like, I feel like he's undersized and and can do the dirty stuff. Yeah. Uh, He's got Paul Millsap's athleticism, but I feel like you could also stick him in the corner. So I I just keep going kind of back and forth where I feel like if you wanted to, you could probably roll with EJ Liddell at center, uh, depending, but I don't know about that yet for him at the NBA level. And you know, it's uh, funny. There's, there's two guys were both uh, drafted in the second round as well. So yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty interesting comparison, you know, and his height is exactly why if he was six, eight, 
he he's going in the first round, but right. you know he's six six. So older, he was an older guy drafted. So um, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm hoping to see uh, again from him. I don't I don't need to see a lot of the scoring. I mean, if he can stretch the floor, great. If that's something either one of the bigs can add to their game, I don't see that from Carlo. But if EJ Liddell can stretch the floor, great. That's awesome. That is definitely needed. Uh, not the scoring potentially, but a guy who can hit the open threes, especially on any team with uh, Zion, uh, any personnel. So, um, what uh, I, I don't know, what would you be looking for out of EJ specifically? Would you like to see more scoring, him impacting defensively, just athleticism, him beating everybody up? Yeah, this is going to sound kind of like a cop-out, man, but just intelligence, just, just, just the comfort level. You know, uh, is he... Is he one of those guys like we've seen Dyson at times last year? I know it's a different role, but is he the type of guy that's going to get nervous with the ball in his hands or is he going to be definitive and decisive? You know, so overall, I just want to see how comfortable he is uh, on the NBA roster. And then outside of that, man, I just want to see a, a big that can rebound extremely well, defend well. And he did a lot of this in college, so I want to see how it translates into the uh, NBA I want to see him in the pick and roll situation where he pops for that little 18, 20 footer, you know, that he did, he did a lot of that mid range game. I want to see uh, if that translates well or not, but I don't think we're going to be expecting too much from EJ Liddell, but I just think his skill set is something that we, again, I said this about Carlo Makovic. It's just something that we can use uh, in terms of depth, especially with the guys in front of him just missing so much time. So I like EJ Liddell, man. I like. I think he can shoot. I think he can rebound. I think he can pass the ball extremely well. And what are you giving up with him, though? You, you know, he's he's a shorter guy who's not that athletic. You know, he's not going to be a rim runner. I don't think he's going to be a great rim protector either. Um, so you're giving that up, but what you're getting is a, an intelligent big who can make a mid range jumper and rebound pretty well. Yeah, and I mean, I think it, what's interesting if the Pelicans are showing you anything, it's that they've kind of given up. <laughs> they, it, David Griffin, I, I want to say, I think has done a great job uh, from like a scouting standpoint. I think he's like batting 50 on his picks as far as, uh-huh. you know, my grades. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he's made some good trades. He's made, you know, one or two bad trades overall. But where I think he struggles is um, – league internally scouting centers and need for the roster. I just think he's always caught in some kind of middle path between he doesn't know if he wants a big body, a bruiser, or if he wants a three-point shooter, or if he wants to score. Because, I mean, if you think about it, the way the roster was set up last from the big standpoint, it was Jonas, Larry, Jackson, besides Zion, um, and Billy. And Billy and Jonas brought the same things to the table, but Billy was a worse version of those things, essentially. Um Jackson, no, nothing. Mm-hmm. Throw, throw him out the window as far yeah. as he's concerned. And Larry, smaller and shorter, but does offer that versatile uh, switch uh, defense that Willie likes to run um, and can really um, adjust shots in the paint. But it was like, uh, now you see them actually go, okay, we know there's like Bull Bull out there. We know there's... Um, you know, uh, Christian Wood out there. We know Dwight Howard's out there, but we want a guy who's going to come in and play a role that we can actually use on the team, like Tyler Zeller. So EJ and Carlo have to show that. Yeah, I agree, man. Minutes. I agree. Um, and out of all the players that I'm looking at on the Summer League roster, I feel like those are the only ones that will be playing. That Fun fact. Put- it was up. Uh, the guy from Hawaii, his name's slipping me right now, but he backed up Jackson Hayes. I know, I saw that, dude. The Kamaka Hepa. Yeah, that's he it. He was Jackson Hayes back off his one year at, at Texas before coming to the Pelicans. Um, and then Kamaka Hepa played three years at Texas before transferring to Hawaii. So that's pretty interesting. And then he plays uh, not, he plays a you know, a similar a similar vibe. Yeah, I will say there's a little hype coming in around Landers Nolly because he was a um, he was uh, projected to actually be picked in the draft uh, uh-huh. and wasn't. I think he was uh, 
first team all ACC. Um, you know, he's, he was a good player. He could shoot. Um, so I, I think there may be some hype around him. I would have liked to have seen the guy, other guy we, we signed undrafted, uh, Liam Robbins from yeah, the, I know. He was oh, ACC's defensive player of the year. Yeah. Probably from what we're looking for, probably from a skill set wise, the best potential. Fit, I know but he's not going to play. So Liam Robbins was like the guy outside the big three that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm very interested to see how well he does at that center position. Cause <clears throat> he has, um, man, he, he feel like he can, he can fill a role there. Kind of reminds me of a lesser version of, um, Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Tyler, the Utah center, uh, the rookie oh, um, Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler yeah. kind of gave me that vibes on defense. Not as skilled offensively as Walker Kessler, but man, it uh, it looked like he could fill a need. Um, but yeah, Landers Nolly guy once again shoot the ball lights out. Um, I don't really. I'm looking at the names here, man. I heard a lot of them mentioned. I know. Uh, is it Frank Bartley? Is the guy from Baton Rouge? Um, who's coming in a guard. I think he's 30 years old. He played a lot of years overseas. So maybe he's a guy where we just like maybe want another ball handler um, on the summer league team just so we could run some sets, you know? Because yeah. uh, if it's only Dyson Daniels and Sebron as your guards, you know, you might be in trouble. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe you bring in Frank Bartley, who's a professional guard who has been now for like eight or nine years overseas. So, and he's from Baton Rouge. So that's a fun little draw. But uh, other than that, man, you know, I'm super, uh, super excited. What do you think about Sebron? Uh, you think we see anything? I mean, we know, we know what Sebron is, man. He's a, yeah. I just, I don't want to get, I don't want to sound rude or mean. I just don't think Sebron is going to be on the team this year. Unless it's a, you know, I don't even know if he's worthy of a two-way contract. But You're rude and mean. <laughs> you know, he's a Birmingham squadron and uh, he's definitely a guy that a lot of people like. Um, he's seemingly like a very popular, popular player, by the way, like everybody loves that guy. All the, all the, uh, players were talking about that. I believe last year, or was it two years ago on the summer league roster? He seemed to be like the most popular dude, but I love his Instagram updates. I love when he posts videos of him working out and singing and rapping with the guys. That seems to be fun, but I just don't, I'm not, I just don't see too much from him. Fun player though. Super fun. Yeah. So here's my real question for you. Mm-hmm. Do we have a shot at the title, Jonathan? I don't think so. What do you think about this team? Come on, we we got we got. I love how every time we hype up our uh, summer league teams, like it's the best one out there, and then you actually go up against the best ones. You're like, holy crap! Well, last year we had the best team. We just didn't match it. What was it like the point differential or something like that? Yeah, I think everyone's like, we gotta capture the magic that the Willie Green team had. It's like, okay, everyone knew that was gonna be the coach, so those guys were gonna come in and play their ass off for the head coach. Like, yeah, because you impress him, you're getting on the team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's be a whole different story. I just, you know, the trail, the Trailblazers, they should have Scoot and and Sharp playing in the summer league. I mean, that's gonna be absolutely crazy. Um. You look at a team like, I mean, is Detroit still going to have Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran playing? You know what I'm saying? Like, is James Wiseman going to play in the summer league? If that's the case, Detroit's going to be up there. Uh, it looks like uh, OKC has a lot of their young and upcoming guys playing. So I don't know. We, we just don't have a lot of guys that I think are. Well, I think our schedule's nice. We got Minnesota, uh, Golden State. And the Suns, I don't really think there's any any super killers on any of those teams. Um, if Golden State still had your boy uh, who beat Trey in the dunk contest, uh, I'd be a little more scared. Yeah. But, well, I don't know. OKC, I think OKC has like their starting roster out there minus SGAs. Yeah, as far as I could tell, we don't we don't play OKC. Yes. Um, so that's that nice. mean, yeah, that they're right. gonna. They're going to be probably enough. Okay, uh, OKC or, I mean, the Pistons. That seems like two really, really good teams for me that should be out there at the top. Are you going to watch Wemby? Is that tonight? 
Uh, when is that? I know he's playing. I think he's debuting against Brandon Miller. They always do that, where he goes up against the second pick. Um, we we uh, play Friday night. Um, when is the when is the first round? Oh no, wait. I think all the games start Friday. Yeah, all the games start Friday. Yep. Yeah, all the games start Friday. Um, or is it Thursday? Oh wait, let me see. I think the games start Thursday. Huh. I don't know. I'm looking it up, but I can't really find the actual dates. You never know. It's the summer league. It's also going to be the fun game we always play of how to figure out how to watch it without signing up for some stupid ass subscription. Um, I know, dude. I have trouble because I I try to, I track everything NBA on the ESPN app. Um, and they don't they don't update the summer league on that. So, oh, here's here's a good one for you. Did you know they are doing the um in-game penalty they're planning on enforcing in the league this year, which we'll see how this goes, but there is going to be a flopping penalty uh, implemented. I don't really think that's going to be an issue in Summer League, um, considering if you're trying to flop in Summer League, you're probably not doing something right. Uh, so, Well, I like how they did it, though. Like, they they kind of – they wave it. Like, they, they, they tell the score table that they're looking at that for a flop. And then somebody reviews it, so oh, the, really? the league, yeah, I saw it. So the somebody flops, the referee points to the score table, is like, "Hey, look, that was a flop." Someone reviews it, um, you know, the referees in New York or whatever review it, and then the next dead ball, they issue a technical foul, and the other team shoots a free throw. I like that. So as long like as it does another, I feel like there's another scenario where that same situation can apply. I'm trying to think what it is. Hmm. I don't know, but anyway, it looks like it looks like Wimpy's gonna make his appearance on Friday. The Pelicans play on Friday. Hawkins are gonna be uh, Jordan Hawkins is gonna be a really really fun guy to watch in the summer league. And uh, I mean, we get hyped up over the summer league every year. Yeah, we better. You, long story short, if Hawkins has twenty points, we're coming on this podcast talking about NBA titles, right? <laughs> every season, dude. Every time. Yeah, uh, enjoy the summer league. I mean, it's fun. You're not gonna after that. You're not gonna have any more basketball for three months. Oh so. God, I hate that off period, man. The Saints aren't the Saints. You know, they look they look better this year, but they're just not filling that void for me anymore. I'm so addicted to the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, did so. I, I guess one quick thing we could address is uh, it looks like Kyra potentially may be unloaded due to tax reasons. Uh-huh. Any any thoughts on that? Well, he has to be. Something has to go down before the trade deadline if we want to avoid the tax. Um, I don't think we just give him away because he is. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think he's really an asset in the league right now, considering his injury history and playing Tom three years in, and he was a late lottery pick, not early. So, right, but you don't have to, like, you don't have to just give him away right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, you could do that later wait. on. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I just don't see where Kyra fits in, man. I love Kyra too, dude. We talk about this all the time. I love him. I would be more watching him. Kyra go than Jackson Hayes and Jackson yeah. Hayes like has like a hundred more games played or something. Just like, like that. watching Kyra in transition, man, when he was healthy and seeing him finish at the rim when he was healthy just felt really, really, really like a like a an NBA talent. I'll put it that way. Like a a guy that can contribute to this team. It just you know, I'd just, I'd rather Jose get minutes. You know, I'd rather Dyson Daniel get minutes. I just see more potential out of them. But Kyra, Kyra's a, I have a feeling he's going to etch away into this league, man. I feel like he's going to etch a role into this league and the team's going to be really lucky to have him for that cheap. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, you know, if Jordan Hawkins or Dyson Daniels goes off, we will have a podcast right after. If yes, not, indeed. Uh, maybe a couple games in. Yes, indeed. And, um, We'll, uh, man, I'll be watching Friday. And if, like you said, something special happens, we'll try to record like right away. Definitely and happens. shout out to Causeway Too Long, man. And if y'all have any more questions with this, feel free to interact with us on Twitter. If you haven't blocked us, um, <laughs> we're still, <laughs> we're still pretty active on Twitter. We're active on Reddit as well. So 
Uh, feel free to reach out to me. See how you get blocked? You're like one of the least aggressive people, uh, dude. I don't, in, I don't say anything in Twitter sphere. So, like, you know, I won't call out anybody, but the only one that I was, I mean, just to kind of give you an example, is we were blocked by Fletcher Mackle, right? So Fletcher Mackle blocked us, God, blocked and it was because I would, I literally just called out like Fletcher, like when he posted about the the float, like, and this this just this this just goes to show you how not aggressive I am. I quote like when he pointed out that the 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 float about how fat zion was that was the float the float was mimicking how fat zion was and uh fletcher mackle like tagged every big espn news reporter on there and i'm like fletcher dude i literally said something along the lines like dude fletcher what are you doing this for like why are you doing this for cloud this is really hurtful and it's clear like Zion is going through something right now. It was something along those lines. Next thing you know, I'm blocked. You know, yeah. so it's never like, I'm never like, F this dude, or MF or this, or you're stupid. Like, I'm never like that. But yeah. if I disagree with you, I'll say it and I'll try to say it um, yeah. in a pretty straightforward but polite way. And it's kind of crazy because especially a lot of the same people will uh, will quote tweet and like, basically do exactly the same thing and they're they're expecting like um to be showered with praise for their correct opinion and you're dead wrong yeah um, as they slam dunked you through twitter sphere so the hypocrisy is just not there but yeah when fletcher tagged espn and all that that was effed up dude. that just didn't seem it just didn't feel right but anyway you know anytime somebody has that reaction you definitely struck a chord maybe even you struck an internal uh morality cord within within their method of thinking and the natural way to react when you're wrong for most people is just to lash out maybe that's what we got whatever if we're the punching bag for that i don't care um it, it does not matter to me but that's why i let you handle it yeah, yeah if you uh if you didn't block us yeah talk to us reach out to us we love talking about things we love bringing jesse on because jesse has a unique perspective always on these type of things so Hopefully more episodes with all three of us and just instead of just Tyler and I, because Tyler and I agree a little bit too much, I think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of where I could disagree with you uh, earlier, but we don't really have a lot to go on when it comes to summer league. So yeah, yeah. We're just having fun right now. Just enjoy basketball while we got it. We're going to agree. Maybe we could do a player ranking after in the summer league and I can I can get nasty with it then. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, all right, Tyler. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens Friday, man, and we'll have a reaction pod in. All right, later. Later.